Support for Hermit Style is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Look, fellas, if you've been shaving with the same trimmer for below-the-waist as on your face, you've been doing it wrong. And as you know that 96% of partners think bad grooming is a major turnoff, Manscaped offers you precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. I'm one of the first people to try this, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code HermitStyle at Manscaped.com. You heard that right, it's for the Hermit homies. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Use code HermitStyle at manscaped.com. My name is Fortune Teller Baba, and you're listening to the Hermit Style Podcast. Now, where's my brother? I need my 10 zenny back with 57 years interest. Welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. Talking all about the Dragon Ball Supercard game, from competitive play to the world of collecting, with your host, Jimmy Bacon. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast, we are back. It is Thursday. Gosh, what is the date? I don't even know what the date is. March 3rd. Mar- we're literally in March. All right. March 3rd. We're back. I had a small little hiatus there. Uh, I had some personal setbacks, and I won't get into them publicly, but I'm okay. I'm fine, and we're we're back in rocking and rolling. So I apologize, but back on track. I know I say that a lot this year. This has been a I don't know why it's been a rough year to uh, keep. I don't know why keep keep the podcast consistent, but I promise we are back to normalcy, and we have a ton to talk about because it's been a few weeks. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. Also, I'd be lying if I said Elden Ring is definitely part of my setback. <laughs> Yo, Elden Ring, oh my God, might be my favorite game ever. Dark Souls 3, one of my favorite games ever made. But Elden Ring, I mean, it, it's basically the same thing, but just better, right? 2022 Dark Souls. So, yo, game is amazing. If you have not played it, you're missing out. Go play it. You will want to break your TV in the best way possible. <laughs> that's that's the best way to explain the Dark Souls games, <laughs> Elden Ring. Um, yeah, they're they're infuriating, but in the best way. They're very fun. Uh, takes a, sometimes a lot of tries. Very difficult, but uh, it's fun. I highly encourage playing with friends, though. I play with both my cousins, and we just have a blast with it. And some people complain about the multiplayer. If you're completely unfamiliar with the games. Like, usually in a game, multiplayer, you just click a button and join someone's lobby. In this game, you actually have to, like, perform an action. So you have to use an item to summon someone into your game at certain spots. But I think that's, I don't know, to me, it makes the game very immersive. I feel like I'm, like, I'm really, really in this world. So I I enjoy it. But apparently there's been a lot of complaints about it because people have been spoiled with modern-day multi, uh, you know, matchmaking and multiplayer. But... I really like it. I find it immersive and I think it's very unique and fun. And it's just, it adds just an, yet another layer to this game that seems 
we're very early on, but this game looks like it is massive, just a massive open world. So, uh, if you like role playing games, highly recommend, highly, highly recommend. But anyways, this is a Dragon Ball podcast, so <laughs> we will hop off of Elden Ring and we will jump straight into the news. News from the lookout. All right. So, like I said, we have a ton to talk about. Um, this news segment. I'm just warning you. It's gonna be long. It's gonna it's gonna be long. Uh, but let's let's hop in. So, I'll start with the newest and work my way backwards. I know some of this might be a little bit old, but I haven't covered it. So, I'll more briefly cover the older news, and I'll go more in detail with the new stuff. So. New organized play. Oh my goodness. The prizing, not good, guys. Not good. Like, it's not terrible, okay? Some people, I won't name any names on the team, may have lost in a recent episode of My Card Say Winner, are very upset about it. (laughs) Um, And I understand. I understand their point. Uh, But look, I don't think it's actually as bad as a lot of people think it is off the rip. You do have to place higher for you to plus in these, but I do think it's decent. So let's talk about what the, uh, let's talk about what the pricing is. So participation, you get five champ packs, three event packs. That's basically same old, same old. Um, You don't get a play mat, but who cares about the play mats at this point, guys? Come on. Like, do you not already have 40 play mats from all the past regionals and things? Like I have a closet full. If you are missing out, I'll send you one. I promise. I will send you a playmat because I literally don't know what to do with them. Well, I don't want more playmats, so I literally don't care. And this actually makes shipping easier on the stores, so this is fine. Uh, so top 32, you get an alt art Vegeta card, just one. That sucks. Like, we used to get the full pack. Now it's just one card, and they picked terrible cards for them. This Vegeta it's, what is it called? Like Godly Aura or something like that? It's the two red drop, yeah, Vegeta Godly Aura, the two red drop promo card that uh, literally no one's playing. So why they picked this, I have no idea. And they also remove stamps. So it no longer says anything that indicates it's a regional winner, anything like that. Um, there's no stamp. Personally, I don't mind that they removed winner, right? Because top 32, you're not the winner. So that's fine. But I would have liked to see some kind of regional stamp on them, like we used to see. So I was a little bummed that we don't have a stamp, but also I don't mind that they removed a winner. So, you know, I'd say it bounces out, I guess, in my head that way. Um, The art's cool. I think the art's sweet, but bad card. Uh, And then if you make top, let's see, top 16, then you do get a top 16 playmat, which at least, you know, if there's a playmat, I'd rather get that. Um, the funny thing is, is that there's a, it lists the playmat under the picture as participation, but it is clearly stated in the prizing as a top 16 mat. So it's interesting, but it's Goku versus Jiren. It's actually, it's actually a sweet mat. I would, I would like to have that. And then top 16 alt card. We have great priest because you know, everyone wants this five drop great priest. Um, oh my gosh. Granted, I'm on record saying this is a great card. It is. I actually do like this card, but it has never had a chance to shine. Uh, only time of recent was maybe like in Soul Striker before the Zamasu Arata. You could do some fun things with bouncing it back to hand, but even that wasn't like the best thing in the world. So I think eventually maybe one day it'll have a chance to shine, but this ain't it. 
<laughs> this this ain't it. Uh, but yeah, if you top 16, you just get one of those. So now you get one Vegito, one Great Priest. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is bad. But you do get the finals invite, which at this point, this is really all we're playing for. Now, if you do make it to top four, this is where you should make some good cash. Uh, you get the Alt Art 9 Drop Sin Shenron. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of this art, but at, for some players, at least your 9 Drop now has gold on it, so that's cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just... He's looking like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it, but you do get one of him for making top four. Which is, I'm like, God, you like, literally top four, you just get one of each card. Like, oh man, I don't know. That, that's that's pretty bad. I do think though this card will sell at a premium because you have to keep in mind, this means these will be more scarce and harder to get because less are given out. Um, Vegeta and the Great Priest, I don't think will matter much. Collectors don't typically chase promos and these ones don't even have a stamp on them. So my... I mean, my early prediction is that this will just kind of fly under the radar for collectors. Most won't care, except for some that are like really, really uh, intertwined with the game. But the Sin Shenron players are going to want, and there won't be many of them out there, you know. So, I mean, at this point, there's so far, there's only eight that we know of that are being distributed um, from these two tournaments. So, you figure if there's two... I don't know, maybe maybe we get 16 to 20 total in circulation in North America. So it, it it's going to be hard to get. So I think this card will will carry a premium with it. I would expect it to be a few hundred, personally. I mean, I, I don't know why it wouldn't, right? Based on previous prices of cards that were playable. Uh, and this is more rare, so maybe even more. You know, I could see going four or $500, especially at the start. So top four, you will definitely make some good money. And then you, you get a booster box. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, okay. <laughs> I always think it's weird when they just throw in a one booster box. It just, I don't know. It feels lackluster to me. Uh, then champion. Champion will get the champion playmat. So the realm of the gods. Uh, it's just literally like the, the main art for the set. And then you get a championship pack. 2022 volume one winner gold stamp. I do really like that. They put winner back on the gold stamps for the champ packs, which I said back on, they never had it, but I just like it when they have the winner stamp on. If you win a tournament, I, I feel like that's kind of common sense, right? So before it was, if you topped, you get winner, but now you actually have to win to have the winner card. So makes sense to me. I like it. I think that 17 uh, is going to be pricey. Uh, the rest of them, they'll carry some kind of premium because you had to win them, but I don't know. It's They're a really hard sell. They're, I will say they're a really hard sell. Easier to trade. Like, if you find a collector, you might be able to get, like, a slab off of them that's worth money, and then that's easier to sell than these. So if you do win a tournament, that's what I would suggest. Try and find, a, try and find someone who really wants them, and instead of trying to work a dollar value, you can probably get more in monetary value by trading for a slab and selling the slab, you just obviously have to make sure it's someone that's very trusted so you don't get scammed because that would be bad. Uh, but yeah, so that is everything. We already knew the event packs from, they were announced at Fest, so I'm not going to cover those. But yeah, just lackluster. You really have to make top four if you really want a plus like you used to where before all you had to do was top in general. And participation, I would say it's still worth it. I would say it's still worth it. The, the 17 along with your whatever random event pack cards you get, you know, hopefully you pull like the King Piccolo Unison, uh, maybe the Kai. 
I would say it makes it worth it, right? Like you sign up, you should make your money back, but it's not going to be like the old ones from last year where you sign up for a tournament and just like triple your money right off the rip. <laughs> and then if you top, you just make an insane amount. It's not like that this time, but that's, you know, that's okay. That is okay. I'm fine with it. Talking it out. I actually feel a little bit better about it just now on the podcast, but definitely is a step backwards. And that's the concerning part, right? It's like, We've had a lot of things happen. The market's down. Um, this would have been a really good time to announce some amazing prizing to get everyone hyped up. And instead, everyone's just kind of let down. Some people are like really mad about it. And other people like me are just like, yeah, you know, not as good. <laughs> but I'll still play. It's just not as good. So that's where I'm at. Uh, anyways, if you do want to play in those upcoming tournaments, we have Carta Magica on March 12th and Core TCG on March 13th. I have heard that one, maybe both are already filled up, but I don't know. I heard there's like a 512 player cap though. So those are filled. Oh my, this, this tournament's going to be miserable. It's going to be like nine rounds. If you're in North America, you're going to be playing to like midnight. Like, it's it's going to, I hope it does not hit the capacity because that sounds terrible to be honest with you. Like I do not want to be sitting in my, <laughs> in my office in front of my computer for that long, like uh, that sounds rough. So, if that is the case and these tournaments are that popular, I probably will just participate until I get my finals invite and then just call it a day. Uh, so yeah, and and the funny thing is though, if they had just made the prizing better, I probably would have still been more incentivized to play it out. But at this point, you have to make top four, and it's best of one, so it's not pre-sided. They're trying that out for fest, which is after these tournaments. So it's like. Uh, there, there's so much variability, so much RNG involved, and then you have to play it out. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough sell for me to, to wanna, to wanna play in these for nine hours. If, if that is the case. Now, if they're like five round tournaments, sure, I'll, I'll play. But, man, an extra, another five hours on top of that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, so that's uh pretty much the news for official Bandai events. There's also a ruling change. Uh, there was back and forth on Mafuba and. Essentially, how the rule works for the next turn. Uh, Bandai was trying to change the English language. That's <laughs> uh, the best way I can put it. Basically, they were trying to say that next that the next turn is actually means current turn is basically the gist of it. But so many people complained that that literally just makes absolutely no sense in the English language that they did uh, change that and it's back to normal. So. You do not need to worry about any kind of rule changing when it comes to next turn or Mafuba or Red Broly or anything like that. So we are saved from that. Uh, there was another rules change, though. It was I can just um, summarize it real quick. Essentially, it is so take nine drops in Shenron. If someone were to steal the nine drops in Shenron before the person who stole it would be able to resolve the auto and draw two cards now whoever triggered an auto is the one who will resolve the auto. So it's whoever triggered it. It no longer is required. It's no longer whoever is the master of the time that the auto resolves. It is whoever triggered it. Okay. So if you steal a nine drop Sin Shenron, the Sin Shenron player, your opponent will get the auto. This is very different from how it used to be and does give a buff to yellow Sin. So that is, uh, that is, Pretty much it for that. <laughs> uh, okay. So 
Bandai also announced Bandai TCG Plus. This is a new system where you will be able to see tournaments. Stores will be able to use it to run tournaments. And they talked about having a deck builder client in there, among other things. Um, the information was pretty vague, so I'm not really going to deep dive into this. I will say anything. If, if this can give us a real reward system for participating in locals, I think this is fantastic. The whole app they've got going on now is not very good. BCC back in the day was not very good. Um, it, the whole system is just kind of flawed and pointless. No one cares about it. So if we get real reward system through this, that would be phenomenal. But, you know, that's a pipe dream. We'll see if it comes true. I kind of doubt it. But, hey, I mean, they may, there's enough to make a post about it. And they're trying to generate some excitement, clearly. So we'll see what happens. Um, battle hour. So battle hour, I did not realize that this was just going to basically be an advertisement for the game and a, <laughs> just a fun, friendly match. I was hoping to really see Duvall and Brian Samuel duke it out with top tier decks, you know, whatever they've been grinding and come in with something like exciting. And it really felt like it was just Bandai trying to push the game. A lot of it was Bandai just explaining just simple things for beginners, which is cool. I mean, that's fine. I just wish they had advertised it as that because uh, clearly it was not the most competitive of things going on there. So that was a little disappointing. Um, oh, and then, okay, so this is actually new news. Sorry, I, I messed up the order. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, there's been set 18 leaks. So set 18 leaks. There's a YouTube video about it online and a few people have posted about it. Uh, we now know, and remember, Realm of the Gods is set 16. So this is two sets from now. Uh, set 18 drops in September. Uh, there are four starter decks this time. Four starter decks in September. There's going to be Red Pan, Blue Trunks. The description says Yellow Gotenks and Green Goku, but from the pictures that were leaked, it looks pretty obvious that it is actually Yellow Ape Goku and Green Gotenks. Uh, presumably these will be from the movie. At least that's what we're hoping. Um, so it looks like pan, uh, pan now pan could be GT pan because there's a chain. So pan's probably, you know, GT pan, but the go tanks is more what I was referring to. I'm hopeful that that is the teen go tanks from the new movie. That would be really, really sweet. Uh, but we will see. It looks almost like they may be rebooted leaders from the old ones. So like set three pan, set two future trunks, um, the green go tanks from the first draft box and the yellow ape Goku from set, I want to say three, maybe four. Um, then they also said there would be SS4 support and Namekian support through Piccolo, which we can only hope that this is the new rumored form of Piccolo that we've seen in the pictures um, that have been officially released for the new movie. So. Uh, th and that's not a spoiler or anything, guys. The picture's out. <laughs> like, it's official. Uh, everyone sees the change in hue in Piccolo, so we're assuming it's a new form. All right. Uh, so that's exciting. I will have set 18 pre-orders up very soon. I know it's very early to pre-order them, but this is about the time that stores like myself have to put in their orders. So if you would like an early bird price, that is pretty good. Uh, I will have that up soon. Just make sure you're in the Discord so you can get your case. Uh, or, you know, if you want to get boxes, you know how I feel about that. I think case or bust. Um, don't waste your money. But, you know, if, if you want to or you just enjoy buying a box, that's totally cool too. I just always recommend the full case. 
and we will have those available as well as starter decks and premium packs. So if you need it, let me know because that helps me know how much to order. I would hate to not have enough to at least supply the hermit homies with what they need. All right. And then whew, a lot of news. So we're 20 minutes in still doing news. <laughs> God rare though. God rare. This is ex actually exciting. God rare was revealed. It's out. People have opened it at this point because people are breaking street date and opening product early. Uh, but Hey, you know, if you want to do that, whatever. Um, and <laughs> I know people are going to say, well, stores are opening it or people have already started their pre-release. No, these are people literally selling them through third-party sites. <laughs> like, whatever. Uh, I don't. I personally don't care. I would never take that risk. But hey, you know, do you. If you want to get that information in the community, more power to you. But, you know, the God Rare, this is crazy. I have heard that people are trying to sell it before... The actual pre-release and can't get a thousand dollars that's scary i'm like yo that's wild so we will see what happens i would have expected the price to drop under a grand once full release hit but i would have expected pre-release price to be around a grand and then full release price for it to have a pretty hefty drop down maybe even as far as a, uh, i don't know i i could see it going down to 450 $500 for the god rare but we will see but that being said the God Rare apparently is either one in three or one in four. This isn't confirmed, but from people who are opening cases that are sharing this information, that is what they are saying. They are saying it looks like it's either one in three or one in four. How accurate is this? I have no idea. It's a rumor, right? I have not opened up any product myself, and I certainly won't open up enough cases to actually have a real idea of the ratio. This will probably just be determined very slowly over time. Unless Bandai decides to release that information, which I do not think they will, just because we've seen that they have not done that uh, for Digimon's quote-unquote God Rare. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to try and figure it out as a community. It, it will be tough because you're talking about a lot of products when you're having to open up so many cases. And, you know, if you got a shipment, and let's say it's one in four, right? Well, what if it's one in four, but you got... 10% of the four when you should have not like, maybe you should have only got one. Um, that was a bad, that was a bit really, really bad way to say it. <laughs> that was stupid. Forget I said that let's new example. All right. So let's say there's, uh, 16 boxes, right? Or 16 cases, 16 cases, right? And let's say one person gets four cases and pulls three God rares, but it's one in four. Well, their results are very skewed, right? So my point is there's going to be a lot, like we need a lot opened, a lot opened for us to actually get a real idea because there's going to be a lot of misinformation at the start where someone just buys four cases, pulls two and goes, oh yeah, it's one in two cases. Well, uh, it doesn't really work like that, right? Because what if you got lucky? So we will see, we will see what happens. Um, but Early reports are people are saying one in three or one in four, which I am fine with. I have five cases coming, so hopefully that means I pull it. I, if it is, you know, odds are in my favor. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So if you do need cards from Realm of the Gods, let me know. I will have some product from pre-release this coming weekend. I will be attending, and then uh, my cases will be coming in shortly after that. So... If you do need cards, I am your guy. Let me know. I will hook you up.
All right. And then lastly is the ruling change. Uh, we talked about there's no change to Mafuba. Um, we've talked about the auto. And then there's another change with basically life that you can't reveal a life that's already face up. So this is a big hit to Turles as well as the Trunks flippy life deck. Honestly, I haven't paid that much attention because I don't play these decks anymore. I played Green Tillers for a little bit. It's really fun, but put that down. So I haven't paid a ton of attention to this just because it's two pretty irrelevant decks. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> uh, Shangri-La in the uh, in the Discord, our Kami House security member, he uh, he plays Green Tillers, so I know he's upset. Um, <laughs> hopefully they, they do something to help those two decks out because I, I don't know. This doesn't really make sense to me. Someone maybe smarter than me can explain why that was necessary, but I don't think it was necessary. Uh, okay, we did it. We made it. We are done with the news. There's no more news. Maybe there is. I don't know, but I'm done with news. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We're going to get into our main topic where I'm going to cover everything going on this weekend at Hermit Style Celebrations, the biggest live stream event I've ever done, all for charity. And I'm going to drop the best deck that I would pick for each color if I had to pick just one to come into the upcoming uh, season of organized play. So let's jump in. Turtle School Weekly Focus. All right, let's go. Hermit style celebrations, baby. I am so excited for this. Uh, we've put a ton of work and planning into it. I wish I actually had a little bit more time, but the way things worked out, this was the only weekend I could do it. If not, we'd have to push it to like late April. And I was like, nope, we're doing it. Let's go. We're running the event. And oh my gosh, it is coming together. <laughs> I was getting really, really worried because uh, it's a lot. We've got a lot going on and you'll see why this was hard to schedule when you see how many different events and people are involved. But here's the breakdown. First and foremost, we are doing this entirely for charity. Uh, I am working with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in support of their Out of the Darkness Walk event um, to raise funds and help to do what we can and do our part to raise awareness and provide support. Um, for those who need it, uh, for those who need it. So this is something that means a lot to me. When I played in my band, Boxford, we did a lot of work with his organization and we did a lot of really great things. And I just wanted to continue that mission with Hermit Style. I do think that if you are a content creator or you are someone who has any form of influence over a community of people, then you should take it the responsibility upon yourself to do something good with that kind of power. Um, and I say power, people are probably gonna make fun of me for that, whatever. At the end of the day, you do have a sort of power if you do have a community of people behind you. Um, not to spiral too much out, but for example, when, when I was playing in a band, I always made songs for fun and it was just something I did with the homies. I never really thought about what we sang about or any reason behind the music. I just enjoyed playing. I enjoyed shows. I just wanted to have fun. and we made this song called retro in a band before Boxford called low score that I was in. And, um, I had someone reach out to me privately and talk about how much it helped him get through a tough time, uh, for himself. And he was in a really dark place and our song, basically he would listen to it and it helped him and inspired him. And that, that really hit home with me that we could have helped someone to that capacity. And I was like, Whoa, like, why are we not doing more then? Why are we not using this voice we have to do something bigger, bigger than ourselves, right? Uh, 
and we made an EP basically dedicated to mental health awareness, partnered with the AFSP and raised a ton of money, did a ton of good. We even attended their Out of the Darkness walk and did a live performance. And it was just, it was something really special. And it, I, I want to hope that it did help other people as well. I did have some people reach out to me and that's really like the best feeling to me. So I wanted to carry that over now that I have a voice, however small it may be, in this community, I thought, why not? Like, why am I not doing this already? Right. So here we are to celebrate us hitting a thousand members in the discord. We're putting on a full day live stream event this Saturday. So I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but that means March 5th. That is only two days away. I wish this podcast was out earlier. I just, like I said, I had some personal setbacks and then on top of trying to plan this and Elden Ring, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just didn't have time. So regardless, March 5th starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be on the Hermit Style YouTube channel, and we will have a very simple method for you to donate at any time. And when you donate, you'll get a shout out on the live stream, and you will get entered into a raffle. We're raffling off some huge prizes, including Realm of the Gods product, something very special, something signed, that may or may not be a music instrument that may or may not excite country fans, but I cannot, I am literally not allowed to say any more. <laughs> so you will have to watch the live stream to find out what that is, but I think you will be excited. Um, and then I've got some other surprises too. We're doing three big raffles. So anything that you donate, you get entered for a raffle. And if you donate $20 or more, you will also get entered for a raffle to have your deck doctored live on the stream. So I have a 30 minute segment where I'm just going to run through as many decks as I can. And we will just start picking random people who donated $20 or more. Now, that being said, if you do donate $20 or more, you will need to message a deck to me. That way we can make sure that if you get selected, we can quickly pull it up. And actually, now that I think about it, I will probably not have you message it to me. I'll probably have you message it to someone in the Lobat crew. Lobat is, of course, putting on this amazing event for us. They're producing the whole live stream. I will be at the uh, the Lobat cave <laughs> uh, to... Um, to put this on. So I'll probably have you message someone in Lobat to make sure that they get it and can put it on and you can see the deck list big, but yeah, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, so we'll do that in around the middle of the day. Uh, I'll be doing that for 30 minutes. And then of course you also will still get entered in for your raffle. So you get both, you get entered in, uh, for the raffle and then you also will get entered in if you do $20 or more for the live stream. But for the raffle, it's just a dollar or more. If you donate a dollar or more, you're entered. So it's all you got to donate. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about the events. So we kick this thing off, yo, hot. We kick it off hot. We got Sublet from Team Hermit Style. You all know Sublet well. The <laughs> madman, one of the best players in the world. He is facing up against Joey Palladino of Crossworlds. I know you guys know Joey because he's the number one content creator for Dragon Ball. They are going head-to-head -to, -head to kick the event off. They're doing a best-of-one pre-sided match. So really exciting and will be really cool to see what they decide to play and the strategies that they use for this new kind of format that we may have available to us depending on how Fest goes. So they are kicking it off. 
and then whoever wins will have on. We'll, I'll probably try and get both of them on so they can chat for a little bit. And um, yeah, so that's already amazing. After that, we're doing Hermit Style Podcast Live. I'm kicking off the next season of the podcast with a top five episode live. Come on. Top five most popular episode we do, doing it live. I'm working on a guest. I don't know if I will be able to lock them in, but wait, you know, just... <laughs> wait and see wait and see you might only get me i apologize if it's just me i know it's disappointing but i will try my best to have a guest on with me for top five uh and that will be about an hour and we'll also have something to play for the american foundation for suicide prevention about the event as well uh moving on from that we have the second feature match second feature match is going to be john carlo also Team Hermit style. How can we not have a match with Sublet and not also have Giancarlo in it? Come on, to the Super Vegeta brothers. He is facing off against Aspira. And I know you guys also know Aspira because he's in the Discord all the time and also is one of the top content creators for the game. Uh, they're going to go head-to-head in another pre-sided best-of-one match that we will be live streaming. And by the way, I've got some dope commentators lined up. We've got Armando commentating. Giancarlo is going to commentate some. I talked to Frank Castle. You know, the leader of Vegeta Saiyan Army, he's going to work on commentating and uh, some others who I will wait to drop, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> Needless to say, it's going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, we've got them going head to head in a second feature match for the day. Uh, once they go at it, we will then turn it over to our first raffle, which that will put us at about 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if we go to schedule. And uh, we'll see who gets the first raffle from all the donations that we've gotten so far. Uh, moving forward, after that, we will go right into Deck Doctors. So if you want to get your deck doctored, that will start at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will be available after, so even if you can't tune in, you will be able to still see it and the changes that we recommend. Uh, but that is the only time that we'll be doing the Deck Doctor. So at 1.30, that is uh, your chance. We'll run it for about 30 minutes and just try and get through as many as we can. Uh, when I do Deck Doctors, I try to I, I, I try to do it in a way that invokes thought. I try not to just say, okay, add these, cut these, thank you, have a good day. I try to really explain, okay, here's what I think, here's what you could add, here's what you could remove, here's what you could swap. I talk about how many cards are in your deck, I talk about the average energy cost of your deck, and if it's too high, or maybe we have some room to put in some bigger threats because your energy cost is so low. Um, I try to really go in and analyze it and also talk about your sideboard and how to approach different matchups. Um, so you hopefully it, you will get a lot out of it more than just your standard add this, remove this, done. So that should be really cool. And then bringing it back, we've got a collector's chat featuring both collectors and players. We've got, who else would I get other than Top Sun Goku? The... I mean, come on. He was on my podcast as the premier collector to take advice from. He runs his own podcast called Passion Over Profits. Incredible person, incredible collector with probably one of the best collections I've ever seen. Uh, but he will be joined by Joku and Evan U7, both amazing players. But also the reason I wanted them on is because they're players and collectors. They have a real passion for the game. So I thought it'd be really cool to hear them chat with someone on the other side who's just solely a collector and just hear them talk about different opinions they have on the current collectability of the game, maybe cards that they're chasing and some of the most prized cards in their collection and 
Oh, whatever they, <laughs> when you have Joku on, you never know where that conversation is going to go. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Uh, but we've got that popping off at 2 PM. And after that, we have the first ever mod cast. We've got everyone from Kami house security hopping on. We've talked about doing this for at least seven months. Um, I know they're all really pumped to do this first ever modcast. They're going to talk about the state of the discord things we've got going on, new events we've got planned, and all kinds of other things. You will not want to miss it. We've got Jay. We've got Shangrilla. We've got Nameless. We've got Brant, Nukin Foobs. We've got Zenbutai. We've got Pac-Man. It's going to be fun. So definitely jump in if you can make it. Uh, and then we'll have a second raffle. And actually, our wonderful mods are contributing to this raffle. So that's why I had to do it right after this. So their contributions will go towards what we give away here. And then we will bring it back with our last feature match of the day where we have Armando of Team Hermit Style who needs no introduction versus Johnny. If you guys remember Johnny, he was on the show not too, too long ago. Uh, you may remember him as Horny. <laughs> uh, Previously of El Topo Loco, now he is with Joku on the Joe Crew. Uh, they'll be facing off. Johnny is an incredible, incredible competitive player. Uh, if you don't know him, you should because he is fantastic at this game and this will definitely be a match to watch. After that, we are going to finish it up with an evening with Hermit Style Live. If you haven't watched an evening with Hermit Style, it's basically what most would consider or what's more commonly referred to as a team talk. Uh, we just had to be different, you know, <laughs> in normal Hermit Style way. We had to be different. So we're doing an evening with Hermit Style. We did put team talk on the schedule because evening was too long to uh, <laughs> too long to put on there. But this one will be sweet because now you can actually interact. So that's a really cool thing about both the podcast live and evening live is we'll be able to interact with everyone in the chat immediately. So please, please, please interact with us, drop questions, drop comments, poke fun, you know, talk your shit, whatever, just have fun with it. And, uh, we're going to wrap it up that evening with playing a Jackbox party pack game. So I just thought that would be fun because the stream can interact with it. We can play. And I don't know, like we're, I feel like we got some funny people. So I, I think it'll be a nice kind of lighthearted way to wrap up the whole event and then once that finishes up, we will do our final raffle and call it a day. And whew, that puts us at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as long as that schedule sticks. Anything can happen. Obviously, anything is subject to change, but that is where we're at. So <sighs> I had to take a deep breath there. That was a lot to say. <laughs> but yeah, I cannot wait. Again, all of this is going towards the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and what I am personally going to do is for everyone that day who subscribes to my YouTube channel. Now you can't unsubscribe and resubscribe. It doesn't work that way. I will look at my count when I start the event and my count when I end the event. I will personally donate a dollar for every person who subscribes. And if anyone would like to join that pledge with me, feel free. I will put that in at the end of the event and we will have some time where everyone can make that final donation uh, if you would like to pledge that with me. The second thing I'm going to do is for anyone who joins the Patreon at that time, I will also donate another dollar for every single person who, new patron who joins the Patreon on Saturday. 
So anyone who joins plus anyone who does the YouTube, I will donate a dollar. So I get a hundred new subscriptions. That's a hundred dollars. If I get five people to pledge that with me, we have $500 extra added on top of what we donated for the whole event. So that is what I'm personally going to contribute. And you know what? If it's not a lot, I will make an additional contribution because I regularly do contribute. I regularly donate towards this organization because I do think that their mission is incredible. And I think that they do great, great work within many communities, many, many communities. So anyways, that is it. That is the whole event. Again, it's on YouTube. So Hermit Style Podcast, it's all you got to do. We will come up, I promise, and uh, it'll be live. So it'll be very, very easy to find. The link will also be in the Discord. It'll be on Instagram. It'll be on Facebook. So anywhere that you go, you'll be able to find it. We'll make it as easy as possible. If you can't find it, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know how you're listening to this if you couldn't find it. So anyways, that wraps that up. Let's get into the second part of our main topic today which is the best deck to play for each color. So these are just my opinions. I will say I, it's hard to use the word best because there's always other things you can play. And there's always people that will have arguments that usually are valid on why that another deck could be better or might be a more, you know, I don't know, just, just a better choice for the format. These are just simply my opinions on what I would play. If I was a player of this color, this is what I would play or strongly consider playing. Um, and my own, uh, I'll put it this way. <laughs> my own enjoyment will probably supersede what I think is the best deck to play for blue. <laughs> I'll preface it with that. Um, I don't always play the deck that I just purely think is just the best. I also like to try and play a deck that I enjoy, especially when it's webcam regionals. So just putting that out there. But anyways, this, this is uh, this is what I personally think would be the best choice for myself to play in each color. So starting it off with red, King Piccolo. I know that may come as a surprise because this red U7 Goku deck is so hyped. And the hype is real. Don't get me wrong. This deck, very powerful. It would be my second choice. I just think that King Piccolo, you can't beat free. You like you can't beat free. That and that's my issue. The Red U7 Goku deck, you're tapping energy for all of your threats. Now, granted, you can make a huge board, and I'm not trying to come across that this deck is not powerful. It will top events. You can like it is absolutely a good choice. My issue is one, it is the deck in the room right now. Everyone has their eyes on this deck. People are coming to beat it. That's my first issue. My second issue is because of that, it's going to be hard to play your bombs without them getting answered. It is. It's going to be difficult to do that, at least in the later rounds of a webcam tournament, I would hope. So that being said, still incredibly strong, still can go very wide, can put on a ton of pressure, and I do not think it is a deck to sleep on. It should definitely be respected. I just personally would prefer to play KP that I think has a bit more versatility, has more access to playing its own answers because you aren't having to tap those energy like you are in Red U7 Goku. So it also allows you to, it, it just like versatility is really the best way for me to describe it um, compared to the Red U7 Goku deck. So 
I will play KP. I think the deck is well positioned. If people are still hyped on yellow, it has a great yellow matchup. And in general, it just stomps, stomps, stomps lower tier decks. So I think it's a great choice. All right. Blue. This will come as another surprise. Uh, SS4 Vegeta. I think SS4 Vegeta, if I really wanted to hedge my bets, I... SS4 Vegeta, I think, is in a great position right now. Blue Baby, phenomenal. Almost equivalent. Soul Striker, another great deck. But I think SS4 Vegeta has a great position here to succeed. Hand Control is almost entirely out of the format. Very few people are playing Hand Control. I know I'll have people on the podcast saying, I love Hand Control. I play it all the time. You're wrong. That's great. You're in the 1%. Congratulations. And that's not to be rude. There's nothing wrong with playing that. But Hand Control is not going to be popular. You may get unlucky and have a run where you play the only four people in the whole event that are on Hand Control. Sure. But the odds are you're probably not going to see it. Tops, maybe you see it one time. SS4. Is just as powerful as it was before everyone was on Cell Surge. And that was like the deck. I think it's very good. You have access to the New Realm of the Gods cards that take care of the one-drop tax cards as well as big threats that your opponent plays. Um, you can easily ramp up. You can get the 12 energy. Just hard cast turning the tie with an 8 behind it to tap 5-4. Uh, so I think the deck is incredibly powerful. And I think it's a perfectly fine choice. I think it's in a very good spot. Uh, green, King Cold. I think King Cold is just the premier green deck at this point. You know, I will never say go tanks on this podcast. Um, I mean, it. you know, I personally wouldn't play it. But if you put the time into it, it can definitely catch people off guard. It can be extremely aggressive, more so than people think. And um, yeah, I mean, I personally don't have any experience with the deck. So I'm not going to commentate. I'm not going to say much on it because... I personally don't have a ton of experience with it, but if you are a green player, I think that is almost just definitively the best green deck that you can play, like mono green. Uh, moving on to yellow. Yellow, I think, all right. There's honestly quite a few yellow decks you can play. I think Trunks Jita is probably going to be the premier one. I think it also is forgiving and is the easiest to play. It's very linear. Honestly, we've been comparing it to like the yellow version of Green Go Tanks. It does a lot of powerful things. It does them consistently and often. And the turns feel a bit mapped, especially in the beginning. So, and, it, but honestly, because of that, the, but because it's so powerful, right? It just can put you ahead and it has a ton of great matchups. Um, if you were an Icarus player, Trunks Jita is a great deck to move on to. It's just one of the new decks that can essentially just be like the new Icarus. Uh, and we saw Icarus literally just one world. So definitely is a powerful deck. Now, you could make the argument for like the Goku Black Zamasu leader. Uh, I think it's strong, but it gets answered hard by SS4 Goku Annihilation. Uh, you've also got the Golden Frieza. Golden Frieza's great. Uh, I think that especially in these pre-sided events, it could be a little tough because people are definitely siding for Soul Striker and you just kind of get caught in the crossfire there. Um, but Golden Freeze is fine to play. I just think Trunks Jita would be the number one choice if you had to pick one. All right, Black, Hatchack. 
I hate to say this. You all know I wanted to save the Gex, but Hatchak feels great right now. Uh, we've been testing it again. It's making me mad that it feels great, but it's just in another good spot. It's in another good spot. And um, I think if you want to play a black control deck, it's just a premier one. You all know I love the Gex. The Vigex control deck is great. I enjoy it. And honestly, in best of one, when people don't know what you're doing, you can probably, I, I think you can top. I think you probably bubble in. I think you probably go X2 and you make it in the back end of top cut. I think Hatchyak though, you, the floodgate effect is just so powerful. And when people realize how to play against Vigex, it can get extraordinarily tough. Where Hatchyak, even best of one pre-side, what are you siding? Please tell me. People like to say that eight drop foo. But you just answer that like you do all the other eight drops in the format. Like you're already playing to be eight drops the way you should be playing. Like if you're not playing hatch that way right now, you're playing it wrong, right? Because you're you're playing to beat Ready Seven Goku. You're playing to make sure you, you don't get schooled by Kefla. You don't get schooled by Gogeta Eight. Um. So yeah, like we're we're already playing for eight drops in hatch. So I think the deck's good. I think it's in a great position. I think it gets a lot of new fun tools from Realm of the Gods. Uh, we'll talk about some of those in the top five episode at Hermit Style Celebration Saturday. But yeah, if the, if it's me and I'm playing black, I'm probably playing Hatchack. Uh, so, so, sorry, sorry. I know I didn't want that to be the answer, to be honest with you. But uh, it is. It really is the answer. Gogeta Zeno's fine. Uh, I personally don't like Gogeta Zeno right now. I think the hit, although it doesn't kill the deck and the deck is still powerful, still probably tier one, it's just not for me. It's really just not for me. I think it's probably got like a 50-50 matchup versus Red U7 Goku. I think yellow matchups are going to be pretty tough. I think blue matchups got tougher because of the hits that it's had. And I just, I personally don't want to be playing that. I think you're going to have, I think you're going to have a lot of matchups where you're going to have to play very well. I don't think the deck will carry you like it could before. Um, so that's just my take. And then lastly, if you can get the new champ packs for multicolor, I have to say Invoker. It's the only multicolor like leader that I think you can even really consider at this point. That being said, I think the deck is still going to be incredibly difficult to play. I think a lot of people are going to pick it up and be salty that they paid all this money and cannot perform with the deck. You have to put in so many reps. You have to be a strong player to pilot Invoker. It's just a fact. When Invoker was at its strongest point, strongest point, where I was like, oh my god, when I play someone like Sublet, it is almost impossible to win. People picked up the deck and everyone flopped with it. Known players, some of the best players flopping with the deck. I watched one of the best, one of the people that I consider like a role model just get clapped by people I know he beats, he beat any day of the week, but Invoker is not a deck you can just pick up and play. Um, so I don't think the 17 is going to make it as easy as people think. I do think that it is very strong uh, because I trust Sublet's word and he says it's very strong. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm personally not going to play it because I'm not a psychopath. But if you are, <laughs> Invoker is a deck for you. <laughs> um but yeah, and uh, God, I mean, getting Apex, uh, that's just a pain in the ass. Why, like, Also, 
on the flip side, why are you buying Apex? Why are you literally paying more money than what you can win if you won the whole regional to play your deck for regionals? Just play another deck. I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I just don't feel like playing against Invoker, but that's that's my take on it at this point. If you have the cards already, that's different, I guess. If you've already put in a ton of reps, that's also different. Sure, play your deck. Like, <laughs> Go clap people up, but be very confident with it. Know every matchup. That's all I can say. But that is my wrap-up for the main topic. So those are the decks that I personally will play. Since I had so much to talk about today with news and celebrations, I thought this would just be a quick little tidbit. If you're on the fence, maybe you're just always play ready, you don't know what deck to play. That's just my take on what deck that you can play and succeed in in the upcoming competitive season. Obviously, things will change once we start getting real results. Once the two first webcams and the two fests are over, these I'm sure will change, but off rip what I'm looking at with our testing so far of the new set, those are the decks that I will put at the top of my list as strong considerations to play. If you picked any of them and you've put in the work, I don't think that you can really go wrong. Um, and yeah, just <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck. We're, we're Hopping into the jungle. We don't know what, what is going to turn out to be the most popular. Everyone thinks it's Ready 7 Goku, but you know, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens, but that is all. Let's hop into the results of training. Results of training. All right. So, results of training, of course, brought to you by Pro Mats, the best mats in the game. Come on. Why do if you like if you're playing the Dragon Ball Super card game and you don't have a pro mats mat, that is a problem. One, because you just confirmed you're not playing on a hermit style mat. That's that's your first issue. Second is you're not even playing on any of his other amazing designs, and you're not when you touch these rubber mats, it is like the touch of God comes down on you. All right, maybe that was a little excessive, but these mats are really good, they're amazing quality. I use them all the time to play on. Uh, and yeah, it's not just because it's my brand on it for the hermit style mats. It is truly the quality of the mat. I have my old hermit style mat that I do not play at any, at, at all anymore. As soon as I got the new one from pro mats, I was like, this quality blows it out of the water. So pro mats, go check them out. Promats-customs.com. Grab yours today. All right. So results of training. I really hope you cannot hear this stupid ding in the background that my computer is doing. If you can, I'm sorry. It's driving me nuts and I don't know what it is. And I, I literally can't stop this long enough to, to look at it. Like I tried a second ago and I couldn't figure out what is dinging. So my bad, <laughs> my bad. If that is ringing in your ear, I, I really hope not. It'll make me mad. But uh, I'll talk about a match that I played with um, Nukem Foobs. He played Broly hand control starter Broly. I played Blue Baby because I wanted to see what the hand control matchup is like with my current list. Uh, and Baby, can it can keep up. My current list can keep up, which back in the day, I just get destroyed by anyone playing. Just if you play cards and say discard, I'm like, damn. I might lose, <laughs> but a uh, new list can actually keep up. It was a fun game. Uh, very grindy, very grindy, uh, with the starter rolling matchup, uh, basically milling them out cause they draw so much. And I was forced a couple times to bottom deck cards that extended the game. 
So uh, it was a close game, grindy matchup, but ultimately Blue Baby got it. I, I think the only Hankshul deck I'd be really scared of right now is Blue Baby is probably set one Broly if they high roll me. Like that's probably still pretty rough. But other than that, I feel pretty strong now that it's at least 50-50 in the main board. And once I side, it's much stronger. So I actually feel good about it. This is probably the best I've felt in this format of playing Baby against hand control than any other now i hand control obviously very unlikely to see it uh but you know you, you should at least know what the matchup is right like you should know in general how your deck performs against the basic strategies of the game so we were curious we ran it blue baby came out on top and um yeah i i think it's a uh it's not too terrible of a matchup now Obviously, set one Broly as well. Harder to mill out because they don't draw as much. So that's an issue. Um, or starter Frieza, also a little bit harder to mill out. So I would have to test against those as well to see how those go. I don't know if I'll ever get to it because it's just not that relevant for the format. Um, I'll give Luis a shout out as a starter Frieza player if I need to. I know he's there. <laughs> and I can I can get some games in with him. Uh, the, the, golden, the starter Frieza master. Uh, but yeah. We will, we'll see if I do ever run the matchup, I'll let you guys know, but not too pressed to run it, but did think it was a fun game. The, um, trying to think the, uh, oh, it was the ready to rumble. Amazing. In that matchup. Like just every time you play it, just baby hatch or you're just going so far behind. So ready to rumble incredible in that matchup. Um, all right, but that, yeah, so that's pretty much it. I've been testing a lot of baby. I've stopped testing the Gex officially. It just can't keep up. It makes me so mad. Like, I, I, ha I also have to remember that I'm testing with people who already know what I'm doing. So I don't have that surprise factor anymore. But I've been on a decline with the deck. Like, it's, it's literally like a mountain if you look at my curve. It's like, it was just crushing. And then I got to the top and then everyone knew what I was doing. And then I just heavy decline with the deck um still think it's strong i still really enjoy it but it's not testing as well as i would like so maybe if i if i top one webcam maybe i'll just bring it to another for fun we'll see but right now baby is the deck that i'm testing most i'll probably put some time in the hatchack again i just don't know if i'm mentally ready for that because <laughs> i don't enjoy it very much we'll see We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Maybe I like the new version better, though, because you, you can play it quite a bit differently with the new set. So we will see. But that is it for my results of training. Let's see what Manaka's got for us. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Manaka's delivery service. All right, so let's see what Manaka's got for us. This is the part of the show where I do listener questions and answers. If you'd like to participate, you've got to be in the Hermit-style Discord. Talk for a bit, get your rank up to level 7, and you will unlock the Manaka's Delivery Service channel where you can ask questions that I answer live here on the podcast. I do prioritize a Patreon member first, always as a um, appreciation for their support. So, starting off with a patron's question, we've got M Dolan two who said, "In your testing for best of one pre side, what have been the best cards overall to be siding in the projected meta? 
plus what color specific cards have been particularly good? Um, great question. And of course, thank you for your support. Uh, so I will say one card that has been testing incredibly well that I've started to move into main boards is Dirty Burst. Dirty Burst, if you're playing blue, is incredible right now. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it, especially because it has to get counter-countered. All these counterplays that stop your floodgates are annoying, and this card is not getting hit by them. So Dirty Burst has done it like really, really well for me. So if you're playing blue, I think that Dirty Burst almost is mandatory. I would, I would definitely have it in there. Also, you have to remember, best of one pre-side is just game two of best of three. Um, so you have to remember that as well. And everyone should already be testing best of three. The only thing that changes is you have a surprise factor of game one with a sideboard and that's it. So decks like soul striker, Vigex that can play multiple different strategies and your opponent doesn't know which one that can be an advantage to you because they will side improperly. Um, that being said, other than that, I think protector of the people is a strong card right now. I do think we'll see AOD running around and some go wide decks for people trying to just get done with their games quickly. Uh, so I think that that is a strong card. Uh, also Mafuba is testing pretty well to take care of slugs. Slug is a horrendous card that I hate passionately. So, uh, that is a thing as well. So yeah, if you're playing blue, I would say those cards are pretty strong and just any deck. I think protector of the people is just a decent sideboard consideration. I haven't been siding Meki Kabora as often. I still do side it in some decks, but it is not as big of a priority as recent. So there's that. And then um, I'm trying to think. I've been playing a lot of Blue Baby lately, so like blue's just on my mind. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of like other things maybe that I could recommend for you. Oh, um, here's one for you. Bardock Fully Unleashed. Bardock Fully Unleashed to take care of Sin Shenron and get rid of those pesky nine drops. I do think that card is pretty strong right now. And then just having access to Jiren to take care of blue, I think is also very strong. So uh, those those are some cards that you can check out that I think are good right now for best of one pre-side. Uh, and then obviously any, you know, just the obvious, like energy untap hates, like your little one drop cantrips, things like that. Okay, let me delete this question out of the channel so I don't answer it a second time. Uh, Washed of the North says, "How did it feel? To <laughs> How did it feel to have White Claw in parentheses Armando? <laughs> That's Armando's new name in the Discord. How did it feel to have Armando say yo 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 in your place? <laughs> this got a lot of laugh reacts. Uh, you know, I'm proud of Armando. He gave it his best shot." He get, we've got some things to work on, you know, pitch and tone a little bit, duration, um, timing could have been a little bit better, but, uh, you know what? I give him props. I give him props because not many people, not, not, not many people can even pull it off at all. And I will say he did pull it off. So good job, Armando. I'm proud of you. We'll, uh, we'll work on it. You know, Armando, maybe sign up for, for the Patreon coaching and we can dedicate that to your yo-yo-yos and uh, we, we can practice those a good bit. Get, get you ready for, for regionals. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll do, I'll do a few more. We're, we're, we're pretty good on time today. So we're in this, uh, <laughs> we, we are stacked up on questions. So let me try and get through some more. Uh, Maddie T says top five, top five, top five. Oh, top five is coming, baby. 
This Saturday, Hermostyle Celebrations, I'll see if we can get that Drake drop live. Actually, no, that's a bad idea. So I haven't been doing that because I'm like just terrified of copyright issues and whatever. So I don't want to get muted. And YouTube is like really strict on that. Podcasting, I get it. I can get away with it more. Um, but yeah, I, I, now that I have like official sponsors, I don't think it's a great idea. So... <laughs> sorry uh but top five is coming though top five is coming maybe i'll do my own rendition maybe i'll like <laughs> i'll find find a friend who's got a little home studio and we'll we'll, we'll make a little parody of top five <laughs> uh all right chunk in chunk in he says do you think ai card grading will benefit the collector's aspect if increased precision makes tens more rare and meaningful will that help or will it hurt i think it helps i think it's great personally like the whole idea of human error and the fact that the grading is not a hundred percent objective is a huge issue and honestly takes away from the experience for anyone who wants to get into grading at any level, no matter how serious of a collector you are. It just once you realize the game and how much randomness there is, it really and the lack of quality control across all companies, it really does take away from the experience. When I can crack a card and get a different grade every time I send it in, that, like, come on, that's an issue. That's an obvious issue. And it's not like it's just a, a one-off thing. This is well-known in the collector's community. They crack cases all the time and resend them to the same company and get a better grade. Like, that's wild. That is so wild. So, yeah, AI grading, if they can do it right and it's accurate and consistent, yeah, that definitely helps. I think it increases the value of 10s because they're all now all true 10s. Um, the, the real issue is, is PSA and Beckett are these two just like huge forces for Dragon Ball, right? Like they're the two most popular grading companies for Dragon Ball and they're just huge. So these smaller AI grading companies that are popping up, they've got a lot to compete with. And it's just, it's like, how do you, it's like, how do you open up a store? Like, how do you open up a superstore like Walmart and like try and compete with Walmart? Like, <laughs> It's just so hard, right? So I wish them the best of luck in their endeavors. I will support them. If you're an integrating company or work for one or whatever, and you want me to talk about your company, hit me up. We can do a podcast or something. I can try and help get word out. Um, that No paid advertisement needed. I'll just, you can come on the show, talk for a little bit. That'll be your payment, um, you know? But it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. And the issue is that until those companies exceed that or are as respected as Beckett and PSA, the value is just never going to be there. So it could be the most accurate company in the world. AI grading could be perfect right now. It just doesn't matter because the value isn't there because it doesn't have that PSA or Beckett label on it. So to answer your question, yes, it would be fantastic. However, extremely difficult to surpass the current companies. It'll take a long time, a lot of effort, but you know, there's, there's some definitely, there's one company in particular that I've been following a bit. I think it's AGT, maybe AGT. Uh, I can't remember perfectly, but I think it's AGT. They seem really promising. So uh, if you haven't checked them out, check them out. They've got like a celebrity endorsing them and they are the same people who ran Wooter Apparel. Uh, who I think that is a really good company. So they've got a strong foundation, people who are used to running larger co uh, corporations and uh, they've, they've got some endorsements going on. So we'll see how that plays out for them. 
All right, let me pick another random one. I'll try and pick an older question here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Juice says, we are about a month since the world's happened. Now two months, sorry. A little older question. Just wondering on the prizing amount. On average, how much could each top 16 could have earned from selling their packs? Same for first place Nets winner and the top four at Worlds and number one. All right, this is a lot of people you're asking about. <laughs> a lot of questions. So I probably won't answer every single one of these. I'll just give you an idea. So how much potential prize from selling on eBay could each player receive? So if you were in Worlds, right? If you were in Worlds, I will say, oh my goodness. Like, it's scary to think about how much money this was. Like for those sealed leader packs, easily over 10 grand easily over 10 grand for those sealed leader packs um if you won worlds like andrew duvall did uh talk to him i guess <laughs> but that looks like to be uh much more than a down payment on a house <laughs> i'll say that uh, if you won worlds that prizing is literally ridiculous it is absurd i'd probably quit my job and start a huge company because that is insane how much money you could potentially make. The issue is you got to find that one buyer, right? You have to find that one buyer willing to drop that kind of cash. So like that's really hard. So it's definitely a, a hard sell. But God, I like I literally couldn't give you a number. Like it's it's a one of one thing in the world. Like I would expect it to be over 40 grand. Personally, I would expect that. But I, I don't know. I don't know for that. Uh, as far as first place for Nats, that's like another crazy, crazy prizing. I mean, I would say it's just funny because you're just throwing out huge numbers and you really have no idea because these sales are like one to one, right? So top 16 for Worlds, that's a lot easier. I say, yeah, probably over 10 grand between like 10 and 15, I would expect to get. But when you're talking about these one of one prizes, it's like it's whatever, whatever that person buying is willing to pay, right? Because it's the only one. So it could be any price. So you could say a hundred grand. And if someone says, yeah, I have a hundred grand to drop. Well, it's worth a hundred grand, right? But I would say first place pricing from Nats, I would be expecting at least a 30K return on all of it together. First place at Worlds, over 40K return. I don't know how far off I am from what he actually got. Maybe it's way less, maybe it's way more. That's just personally what I would hope for. Uh, I'd be happy to make that kind of money off Dragon Ball, but yeah, so that that's, those are the numbers I throw out, but I have no idea. I don't know Duvall at all. I've never talked to him in my life. Uh, so I will never know what he is making. No, probably no one will, but, uh, very happy for him that, you know, oh, always, always happy for someone to succeed. Seems like a good, good person. So, you know, happy to see him succeed and take it down. And, uh, obviously big come up. To, to win that kind of thing from a card game. So super, super dope. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I would say. Also, selling on eBay, you, you should not sell this on eBay. This is something where it's a private transaction. You do not want eBay taking those kinds of fees out on you. And you don't want to open up yourself to any potential scam. Uh, this needs to be an in-person transaction somehow. You... God, like it's so much money. You may even want to get an attorney or something. I don't know, man. Like you might want like formal contracts. Like think about it. You, you do that when you buy a car, right? Because of how much money it is. So, shoo. I don't know. Like definitely I would not be selling that kind of thing on eBay. I'm doing private transactions. People will reach out to you. I'm sure that these high-end collectors are starting to reach out to him. So anyways, 
hopefully I answered enough of your question. I know, I know it was a lot. All right. Another old question. Let's see. Griddles says, what would you do to fix yellow state in the meta? How would you make red better? Uh, I don't think we need to make red better at all, my friend. Red, red is looking like a premier color and claps yellow. I don't think there's an issue. I think that you could... All right, for yellow, I think they hit the wrong card. I think they should have hit Bergamo and Cooler. And then it'd be fine. I don't think Power Super Saiyan mattered. Uh, Like... Cooler and Bergamo are just absurd. Power Super Saiyan is whatever. You're charging it half the time, especially in set 16. So a lot of people aren't even playing it forward set 16. So whatever. Uh, I know that's an unpopular opinion. I've talked about it before. I won't beat a dead horse. But yeah, I, to be perfectly honest with you, that's how I fix yellow and we don't need to do anything to make red better. It's great as it is. Okay, I'll answer a newer question now. Let's see. What, what are we at on time? We're at, uh, oh, we got, we got plenty of time. I'll, I'll answer a few more. Uh, can you rank, Matty T says, can you rank the colors from best to worst? Oof, that is tough. That is tough. Okay. So, oh, that's really hard. There's so many different decks of the color. That's, that's the issue, right? It's, that's hard, man. Like, me as a player, I want to put black on top. Because I feel like black has great matchups across the board right now. But red is this premier deck, right? That's so good. So I'll just, I'll make my subjective thing. I'll rank them in the order that I will play them right now. How about that? Black, blue, red, yellow, green. That's my order. But... I don't think it's actually a straight line like that. Like yellow is amazing. Reds, we have a lot of decks in multiple colors that are just strong right now. So I don't even know if it's correct to rank them. So I just rank them in the order that I will play the decks, right? So black, I just love playing black. I think it has great matchups. Blue, baby, and SS4 are amazing right now. Uh, red, I just think red U7 Goku deck is dope and it's going to top. There's nothing wrong with playing it. KP, I think is even better as I talked about earlier, but uh, that's just the order I play them in. And then yellow, I just personally don't play yellow, and I think red beats it. So, still very strong, still can clap. I'm sure it's still gonna top. So, that would just be my number four. And then green, green, green's just bad. It's not, it's not in a good place. You can play King Cold, yes, King Cold's fine to play, but green as a whole color is not good. Uh, it's just not up to par with all the other colors. All right, so hope that answered your question. Let's see. Another question. Shadow Reaper says, what cars do you think could replace Fu now that he is banned? You can't replace Fu. That is my answer. Fu is unreplaceable. He was an absurd card. Nothing compares. Uh, let's see. Shangrilla, what are your thoughts on live action anime slash TCG adaptions? Uh, it's fine. But, all right. Here's, here's my thing. I will never knock anybody for doing something creative, right? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong ever with just creating. So if you want to create a live action anime, go like, sure, go for it. I may not like it. I'm maybe I love it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. So yeah, that's fine. I'm, like, I'm all for, I'm all for anything creative. If you have this creative passion, this creative flair, and you want to go out and make these dope things, go for it. Like you never know what people's perception are going to be. Like that's a risk you take with literally anything you make. 
So yeah, like live action, that's cool. Uh, TCG adaptions also cool. Like I'm all about new card games. That's perfectly fine. So yeah, I think they're both dope. Uh, let's see. I will do one more question. Then I'm going to hop off. Let's see. Rabbit Squirrel. Uh, he says, after seeing all of set 16, what themes would you like to see in the game? And do you think that Xenoverse, Dragon Ball Heroes, Super Dragon Ball Heroes stuff should stay just black or actually have a theme as a solid color as well? That's a cool question. Um, I never thought about that. So what themes would I like to see? I'm assuming you mean that hasn't already been done. What, what hasn't already been done? I guess some like Dragon Ball, like OG Dragon Ball we haven't seen as much of. So uh, maybe some... like. Well, we've done a lot of that. Uh, I've like gone through my head of different things maybe that we haven't seen yet. We've, we've had a lot of themes in this game overall. There's been the whole characters we've missed. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can even answer that question. I'd have to like really study and I just like, I'm not going to, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, the, if we've missed a theme, like that's just the theme I want, obviously, cause I want it in the game. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know how to answer the first part. Um, if you're talking about themes that could repeat world martial arts tournaments, always my answers as always like, Give me more World Martial Arts Tournament stuff. I don't care what it does. Just give me more of it. And then as far as your second part of your question, I think that's really a cool question. I think that... I think it's fine that it could come into a solid color. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Here's the thing. I do not like Xenoverse stuff, and I do not like Dragon Ball Superhero stuff in the game. I like the actual canon content. However, I also understand that if all they use is canon stuff, they'd already be out of material. Like they need these other IPs or other IPs, like these other, how, how should I put it? Branches of the Dragon Ball franchise, you know, from the video games and the offshoots of the anime, like heroes, they need that content. That way it doesn't get dry, right? Like if every SCR was just an iconic Dragon Ball Z moment, it, it get old, right? So it needs that stuff just to kind of keep things new and fresh and fun and then make when they do decide to do those big releases, it makes them even more hype. So I do think we need them. And if they wanted to move them into a certain color, I think that's fine. Maybe they do that with green since green's really struggled for a while. Maybe they add in some really dope Xenoverse stuff with green and we start seeing some black green decks. Could be really cool. Uh, could be really cool. So that, that actually could be really solid. You start pairing cars with Dormant Potential Unleashed with cars like Bardock the Tenacious and you have some cool Xenoverse engine with like SS4 Gokus and Vegetas. Yeah, it could be kind of crazy. So, yeah, I think that's fine. All right, last question. I don't know if I said that was the last question, but I'll do one more. That This really is the last one. So, this one comes from... Dun, dun, dun. Looking, looking, looking. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm reading through the questions. I want a good one. Uh, Rice for Life. Which leaders do you think will be safe from the next ban list? I'm assuming you just want me to talk about the top tier leaders. I think all of them are fine. I don't, I don't think any leaders get banned next ban list. I really don't. I think the, the only one that could get banned is Invoker. But that would have to be because of sublet, and it would be absolutely crazy for them to ban a whole leader because of one player. 
I don't foresee many people succeeding with Invoker, but if they just wanted to do away with Surge and that's just the direction they want to go, I guess, sure, but I don't think they would need to. So my personal opinion, the only leader I could see getting banned is Hatchak. For the reason of one, I think it will have some success, and two, I know it is just people do not enjoy playing against it. A lot of people don't even enjoy playing it. So Bandai has known to ban cards just because of that reason. And if it is also succeeding at events, I could see Hatchak getting banned in the near future. Uh, does it need to get banned? I don't know. Like that, that's not a question I want to answer, to be honest, because I really don't know. Like, I do think the deck is very powerful and very oppressing. Is it enough that it needs to go? Uh, probably, I don't know. I, God, that's hard to answer. Maybe, maybe, maybe to help player experiences. Maybe, maybe it does need to go eventually. But yeah, that would probably be like the leader though. Everything else seems pretty fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that anything else needs to go. I mean, Soul Striker is always, always in the air, but I don't think they'll ever ban it. I think they want Soul Striker to be the poster boy of the game. So I, I don't think it ever gets banned. All right, that wraps up Monaka's delivery service. Before we go, I do want to give a couple shout outs. I do want to shout out Brandon, who is a loyal patron of the Hermit Style Patreon, uh, aka Mick Wigglenuts in the Discord. Uh, I appreciate you and your support. And um, yeah, just thank you. Thank you very much. And I also want to give a second shout out to Jerry, aka Triple D. The legendary Hermit is back. Uh, look, man, I. Literally, words cannot express how thankful I am for your support of the podcast. I'm excited to get your coaching in. I'm happy that your coaching has helped you so far. And hopefully, you know, we're going to tear up these regionals, man. Here we go. If you want to get coaching, if you want to get access to exclusive articles, I write like the baby play guide I just did, which had my best of one, best of three deck list and a 4,000 plus word article behind it to talk about the curve, the strategy, tips, sideboarding against each matchup and much more. Subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, you know, I don't, I hate promoting myself actually, believe it or not, something I'm still uncomfortable with, but this is something that people have asked for. So hopefully I'm delivering so far. It's been great. I actually got a message from a patron the other day who signed up for the deck doctor tier. Um, and we actually worked on a blue Beerus list and uh, he just really enjoys the deck and was like, you know, I want to make it as good as I can. And I was like, bet, let's do it. We worked on his average energy cost. We worked on making the deck more consistent and he was not doing well with it, took it to a locals and went undefeated. So I was like, bro, that's, <laughs> that's incredible. Like, you take this like tier three deck, right? No one is going to respect everyone. Like it's a fun deck, right? And then you just go beat everyone. Like, that's amazing. Like that's what locals is for, right? You take these cool deck ideas, you make them as strong as possible and see if you can go have some fun and win your locals. So dude, that's awesome. I'm happy that the, that all the tips helped. And, um, yeah, if you want things like that and you're interested in upping your game, uh, as well as an exclusive podcast and an exclusive live stream where I usually bring on some members of team hermit style with me just to talk with you all live, uh, jump in jump in. We got stuff going on all the time in there. I try and post it minimum weekly and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. So Hermit Patreon link is in the description below and that's it. We made it. 
I'm a real podcast now. I have an official sponsor, Manscaped Baby. Go get your Manscaped products. Uh, if you support them, you save money. You definitely help the family jewels. And it supports me. So how much better could that be? Hit up Manscaped. The link is in the description. The code is Hermitstyle. 20% off, free shipping. Come on, you got to do it. That's it. I'm out. I will talk to you guys Saturday at Hermit Style Celebrations. Let's go. Yeah, I got the real